Welcome to the Secrets of Virtual Production podcast by Final Pixel. My name is James and I'm your host. I've spent the last year working in virtual production and learning all about how it works. Come and join me as we discover the world of virtual production and all it has to offer. This week, we are joined by Dr. Jody Nelson-Tabor, a senior lecturer at the University of Greenwich in the film and television production department. She's also a digital researcher, filmmaker, practitioner, actor, and creative consultant. Her PhD was a critical and creative practice thesis entitled Digital Technology, Social Media, and the Emerging Alternative Documentary Production Methodologies. Her teaching subjects cover a huge range, including business of film and the creative economy, writing for screen, emerging documentary practice, new production methodologies, and of course, new media film practices, including virtual production. In today's episode, we will discuss virtual production training and changes in the academic sector. Hi, Jodie. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Good to have you. Okay, so starting off, how did you personally get involved in the world of virtual production? This is a really interesting, I'll try to keep it short, story. Uh, Working at the University of Greenwich, I was really interested in emerging technologies, new things that were coming into the field of view for filmmakers. Uh, I train across, I train second and third years, mainly across um, film and TV, um, documentary, and digital campaigns, digital filmmaking. And I was really interested in originally looking at immersive 360 storytelling. My specialism is my background is a, a screenwriter and producer. and. So it was in 2019, uh, right before the pandemic, and I was really interested in pushing the boundaries of filmmaking and started hearing anecdotal stories around virtual production. Stories were coming out about Mandalorian, um, new emerging tech kind of in this uh, this field. And I I had no idea what it was. It was very technically um, verbiaged laden, uh, lots of language and terminology that I had never heard of. And I started getting really inter- interested in how does a producer actually work in virtual production? Because there was literally no, uh, you know, no articles, no academic research, no case studies, you know, nothing that I could find. I found one advert for a, a VP supervisor from ILM. And I thought, oh, there it is. That'll tell me what they do. And it was basically a unicorn <laughs> position. And it was like, you know, everything that you would learn from film and do as a producer on the film and then everything you would do on the game side and do those two things together. And I have, there's just like, that's impossible. But I was so intrigued by the ad that I had to learn more. And then funny enough, Story Futures, which is an organization um, that a lot of people may be familiar with here in London, they do a lot of uh, virtual production and immersive forms of, of training. They had a call for a train the trainer cohort and it was the second year that they had run it. So they had run it the year before when they had launched the camp, launched the, um, the program. And it was the second year. And it was just really timely because they were looking for immersive forms. They were looking at virtual production. You know, it was all the sort of beginning stages. And this was December 2019 when they ran the call. So I applied for it just really out of interest because I just wanted to learn more about virtual production. I didn't know really anything about it and um, came up with this project idea that, hey, we'll do a virtual production project short, not really knowing what I was doing. Um, 
but just thought this would be a great way to learn. And funny enough, in January, I was awarded the project and that really opened up a whole new entire world, not only from understanding virtual production, but also just the tremendous amount of opportunities, not only across production, but also training. And with the massive amount of skills gaps that we have in the industry that we're trying to fill, and not only from the academic standpoint, but also industry is trying to fill training. Um, it's just really timely. And I was so enthusiastic about the experience and learned so much um, that I wanted to learn more. And I just, you know, that that's the story futures really was the launching pad for all the other things that we've been doing across the university that's informed my research that has started to build partnerships with industry and looking at collaborations to how we can build a robust production capacity within virtual production. I think there was an article I read the other day, 60, 67% of broadcast film and, and TV um, in the industry, you know, percentage of companies are going to use virtual production and it's growing at like 16 and a half percent per year or something. I mean, it's just massively scaling up and it's just in a really exciting time to be in it. So I feel really happy that I, um, you know, had that opportunity with Story Futures and, and really kicked everything off. Exactly. And as we all know, the environment in the industry is changing constantly, especially with the wave of virtual production. Um, how do you see the education sector changing with industry? Well, I'm looking at it from the university, the academic um, lens, because I know there's quite a few industry partners and um, professional commercial organizations that are in this space already where they're teaching Unreal. Um, you know, Epic has their own, you know, loads of free courses on their site to learn Unreal. Um, but from an academic standpoint, it, it works quite different than industry. So you know, to, reval to revalidate or validate a program sometimes can take three years. So you imagine you've got a huge amount of, of innovation that's happening in the industry that's moving at speed. And sometimes it's difficult for academics to keep up with it simply because of the change nature of changing a course. And, but there's so many opportunities and, and um, possibilities to bridge academics with indus industry that we really wanted to take the information that we had learned from the Story Futures uh, experience and our expertise in teaching, um, you know, uh, teaching in film and TV, but also making sure that the quality assurance of learning outcomes, that um, the students were built with job-ready skills so that by the time that they graduated, they have at least a basic competency around virtual production that would allow them to walk in confidence to any you know, VP studio to be able to get that first job or that first internship or apprenticeship. And I think the educator, the education um, section, particularly from the university is really racing to catch up, you know, even though it's sort of bandit country, it's very wild west and everybody's kind of figuring it out as we go along. Innovation is happening alongside these building capacities and building up curricula, building up knowledge exchange, you know, databases and case studies of, of things that are starting to happen, which is a really great thing because it demystifies the industry. This was, you know, me coming in and as like many people going, I don't know what virtual production is. Nobody's willing to tell me what it is uh, and why it works. How does it work? 
um, you know, so the, the being coming in it from, a, from an academic standpoint has afforded us to be able to look at it through the lens of research, of practice-led um, design, and be able to design curriculum that the students could get their hands on with quite quickly through collaborations with industry partners. So where academic institutions might be slow to making those decisions, whether it's capital expenditure, like building out studios and facilities and bringing in kit, um, to actually just having the expertise on staff to be able to deliver that, really the fastest way that we have found is to partner with industry because they have the expertise, we have the facilities and also the, um, the expertise in curricula and education to bridge those two pieces together. And I think, you know, I mean, one of the, we've, I've, I've spoken on a panel um, a couple of weeks ago and one of the panelists was saying that, you know, the adage of an oil tank, trying to turn an oil tanker around is essentially how long it takes for a university to get a course implemented, um, you know, and so this is a real problem. I think this is a real challenge for academic institutions and for education uh, sector. I heard, you know, anecdotally from other partners that a lot of um, technical um, hardware companies are getting into the training because they're trying to facilitate those gaps in, in skills, but these are all kind of short um, cited, I think you really for the long game really need to embrace this holistic picture of virtual production, what it is, and then of course break it up into all its specialties and its specialisms because there is so many different moving parts. You've got new roles that are being developed with virtual production because you're bridging games and bridging film together. Both industries have different mindsets have different vocabulary for saying what a workflow and a pipeline is, is exactly the same thing. Um, you know, so it was really interesting. And I think we learned a lot that on my story features project because none of the faculty had ever done virtual production before. Uh, we worked with Moses, who was one of the hardware partners who had, we used their star tracker system and we shot on green screen. But in this new project, we are collaborating with Final Pixel Academy and Final Pixel is working with LED screens um, in our own studios. And that's bringing a whole new level to the game of virtual production and exposing the students to camera tracking and onset technical artistry and, and also Unreal. And I think one of the other challenges with the education sector is that now you're bridging games sometimes even drama with mocap and working with actors and these new technologies and film. And sometimes they're siloed in a university. They're not in the same department. They don't collaborate. They don't know what each other are doing. So taking all of these different departments and adding in that level of transparency so that everybody knows how they can best work together and collaborate and share resources can only benefit not only the students, but also benefit the faculty furthering the research and, and building a, a wider knowledge sector out there that everybody can benefit from. So going on from what you spoke about, about building a curriculum, what are your experiences with theoretical versus practical training within the virtual production? So on the Story Futures project, for example, which is kind of how we built up to where we are now with this new pilot project that we're running, um, in the classroom. The Story Futures project was very practice-based. We already had the knowledge of being filmmakers. We're all experts. We'd all worked in the field for many years. And then also, um, you know, bringing that practical expertise to the set. What was really interesting though, is that we had students working on the project with us. And it was the first time really that they had worked on a professional project, typically in the classroom, 
we give them theory. Here's how you go make a film. Here's what a director does. Here's what a producer does, you know, an editor and, and, and go forth and make a film and make it wonderful. Right. So it's uh, they, they go out into the field and they learn, um, you know, based on all of the theory and the advice and the case studies uh, that we can teach them. Uh, they do have specialisms, uh, tutorships where they they work one to one with their specialism tutor. Um, but really, it's kind of theory based uh, in that approach. It's, it's a great approach in terms of knowledge exchange and gives the students, you know, lots of information that they, they need to know. Um, it was how we were trained. Um, the practice stuff comes after, after that knowledge, which is a good thing, but I think sometimes different approaches, sometimes throw them in the deep end and see what they come out with, sometimes is a, is a good approach as well. I'm really for uh, constructivism, for uh, students really figuring out how to make something work and then being able to critically reflect upon that experience. Sometimes they can gather more knowledge that way than having all of the information and then kind of trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And for this particular project with Story Futures, it was the first time that the students got a chance to work side by side the faculty in a professional environment and actually see how it was done. And I think their learning curve was so much shorter in that small in instance than would be over the, say, two full terms of, of, of the course. Because obviously they go out and they'll make the film and then we'll come in and assess them and tell them what they did well, areas they might need to improve upon, things to think about for the future. Versus if they had more hands-on practice and got to experiment with things and see what worked and what didn't work first, then they could demonstrate that activity in their assessment. And so one of the things that we wanted to do with this pilot project stemming from that Story Futures exper experiment and experience was to some way bridge this in the classroom so that it was very practice-led. Now, we did have some theoretical components at the beginning because knowing your audience, the students didn't know anything about virtual production other than anecdotal information. They started very much from the same place that I started from. Although now we had a case study with story features that we could disseminate and talk through and demonstrate what all the specialists did in that environment. But it was really important for the students to have just a basic good grasp of you know, virtual production and its understanding. Because it's a pilot project, going back on that first part of the term, probably go back and investigate, that was actually probably too long. Could we do it in a much more project-based approach where we give them a little bit of key information then let them go discover it and then ask questions and you know, interrogate afterwards? Because what we've seen now in the second term where it's been all practice-led, so the students have come into studio working in situ with the industry partner where they are doing practice-based, hands-on work, working in Unreal, working in with the computers, they're sitting in front of the LED screen, they're le learning about the camera tracking system, learning the technology and the vocabulary around what plugs into this and how does that work. And that visual and, and tacit experience, I think, transfers knowledge at a much faster pace, whether or not they understand the why and the how, um, but that they have a, a much faster understanding than rather trying to envision it from a theoretical standpoint. So I'm very much um, a pro on practice project-based learning. Um, it's engaging for the students. That's the other thing. We've had much more engagement in the second term than we did in the first. And um, everybody's coming to class, which is great. And there's an enthusiasm 
you know, around their learning, even though they don't really know what they're doing and it's all a mystery and very scary and kind of exciting, but that's what it should be, right? That's what learning is all about. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit more about the case study um, of Final Pixel Academy and the University of Greenwich um, and the partnership that we've um, forged. Tell us about uh, the program and how it came about. So again, after we finished the Story Futures project and we we wrote up our findings, which ended up being about a 60-page report, which was way beyond what was expected, but we just had so many outcomes from that short project. It was only four days. We had 17,000 pounds in the budget, which is you know nothing, to do a virtual production project. And we ended up getting a five-minute short piece out of a project that I wrote. It was a script, a piece of a television project that I'm working on that I want to do for virtual production. So we just extracted a short scene and um, ended up doing, um, we had a, a trailer. So one of the students edited a trailer and then also got a five-minute uh, virtual production short piece out of it. And we just thought, let's reverse engineer this a bit in terms of, because we didn't have any training on virtual production. That's not, that wasn't the point of the research project. It was really just diving in at the deep end and figuring it out as we go along. Obviously our level of expertise is higher than the students at this level. But if we could, if we could take that knowledge from what we've learned and implement it into the curricula, we thought we would have a really robust, um, course. So what we decided to do was first off was do a co-design process whereby we worked with the future students in the class and some of the other faculty that worked on the Story Futures project with us and asked them, what does virtual production mean to you? What kinds of things would you like to learn in this virtual production environment? And with the knowledge that they you know, had, the limited knowledge they had, um, told us basically what they wanted to learn. And all of it was very practice-laden. you know, practice -laden. I want to get in the studio. I want to look at stuff. I want to take stuff apart and plug things in and, you know, and, and really understand visually how everything works together, much like we found on the Story Futures project. So from that, we um, pitched the project to our program leads and said, can we implement this into an existing course? Because again, we wouldn't have been able to, to create a brand new course. So we, um, I, say the, I say the term hijacked loosely, uh, took one of uh, the, our module leaders um, course and said, can we implement virtual production in your course for our third years? Because it was the perfect place to put it. And the course is titled um, New and Emerging Tech and said that we would um, implement a virtual production course. So we took the learnings from that co-design and developed the knowledge base and um, how we designed the curriculum where we had guest lecturers come in and speak from virtual production. Uh, we talked about our experiences on the Story Future um, research project. We also looked at what was happening in the industry and the students' complaint was they couldn't do any desk research on it because there was nothing out there. And we said, this is the whole point of doing this course is that we can start developing research and start developing knowledge based on what we know and start writing some of these things up. Um, my, my colleague on the course, we have a virtual production handbook because there is no teaching handbook out there for this kind of stuff. I know um, Unreal has their virtual production um, handbook, but for teaching, um, there's nothing that exists. So we thought this would be a great opportunity for the students to be co-authors in the book 
and um, bring in their research insights and their uh, experience on the course to help facilitate um, the learnings around this course. Uh, we partnered up with Final Pixel Academy. They were quite keen to, to come and, and work with us and, and develop their own pilot training of how we might be able to uh, bring this to industry and how we might be able to replicate this across other academic institutions and um, brought in their own LED um, panels, brought in their own staff and you know, experts in the field, which have been absolutely you know, game changing for us because as I said earlier, we don't have that level of expertise at the university. And this is where we lean heavily on industry and more of this, more of these collaborations need to happen. And um, I would say, uh, you know, the thing with this is that there needs to be more infrastructure at the uh, university level, more uh, funding to support these kinds of industry collaborations and things like this to be more nimble within a system that takes very long to change, particularly if you are looking at recruitment of students and you're trying to recruit them in a three-year process that you know, is changing every six months, an industry that's changing every six months. So you know, if, if the system, the current systems in place within academia, and again, with my education hat on, can't facilitate that in the traditional way, then we were looking at new, new ways to develop niche training and niche opportunities with collaboration to where we could develop research, um, you know, R&D uh, outputs. So the students have their own critical reflection from their experience in the practice-led uh, activities that feeds into their assessment. So what did they learn? How did they learn it? How does it inform their uh, choices and what they want to do in the future because again they're all graduating in May and uh, I think it's just been a really beneficial opportunity because it's adding more tools to their toolkit so even though it's a traditional film and tv program they now have had that experience of learning about virtual production and having some hands-on experience that will I think raise the bar in terms of when they get out of school that the other traditional film schools are not going to have that advantage. And so if that's the quickest way to adapt, then I think this is a really good model that demonstrates that. Okay, so one last question, which we ask all of our guests, what is your biggest secret of virtual production? I would have to say that this whole experience, this journey, very short journey from me, um, from January, from the story, 2020 Story Futures Project, has it has it has reinvigorated my love for doing what I do in the film industry. Um, I'm a practitioner. I've been in the industry for 20 plus years. I've worked in Los Angeles. I've worked in London. Um, I'm professionally trained as an actor. I've had my own production company. Um, I've done quite a few uh, projects. I've done a PhD, you know, in filmmaking. And this is probably just one of those pivotal moments that you're just where that intersection of my nerdy tech girl has aligned with um, all things I love about film and cinema and why storytelling, no matter how many layers of digital technology that you throw on it, it's still storytelling, but then you have new tools at your disposal. And I think for me as a, a screenwriter and a producer, so I, I write and develop stories and then I produce them and make them happen. 
for me, the virtual production opened up so many opportunities that I could exploit on my own that previously were unavailable to me. So in my traditional uh, role, you know, and looking back at my many years of putting a film project together and having to go out and raise funding and, and hiring cast and crew and, you know, all of those, those procedurals, which you do in virtual production as well, has demystified that process. So it's like, oh, okay, so actually virtual production is production, but you have all of these new tools and technologies at your fingertips that allows you to do so many things like pitch fizz. Oh my gosh, pitch fizz is such an amazing it just, you know, as a screenwriter, I'm like, wait, so I can write a script and I can develop something in Unreal and I can send that as a mini pitch deck to whoever I'm pitching to. And to me, that's just an exciting technology to that that is accessible. It's free, you know, that I could learn and upskill for. And so for me, that's that's my that's my biggest secret of virtual production. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, Jody. Thank you so much for having me. It's fantastic. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more from me and my guests, click the follow button. You can also visit our website, finalpixel.com to find out more about what we are doing. You can find out more about Jodie at gre.academia.edu slash Dr. Jodie Nelson Tabor. Once again, thank you for listening. Join me next time to uncover more secrets of virtual production.